You're listening to an Airwave Media Podcast. As a longtime foreign correspondent, I've worked in lots of places, but nowhere as important to the world as China. I'm Jane Perlez, former Beijing bureau chief for The New York Times. Join me on my new podcast, Face Off, U.S. versus China, where I'll take you behind the scenes in the tumultuous U.S.-China relationship. Find Face Off wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, everybody. This is Katie from Queen's Podcast. I just wanted to take a little second to let you know that this episode is a rerun. We are re-releasing our episode on Alexandra Fyodorovna. After we visited Russia last week, we thought, you know, a lot of you could probably use a little refresher on what went down with Alex and Nikki and Rasputin and the gang. So we hope you'll enjoy this classic episode. Oh, and if you're new here, um, we curse like a lot. Okay, cheers, bitches. Hi, I'm Katie. And this is Nathan. And you're listening to Queens, the podcast about badass women in history. Shakalaka. Boom shakalaka-laka, <laughs> boom shakalaka-laka. We're going to get right back at it, and who are we talking about today? Alexandra Fyodorovna. Yes, and she was the uh, last Tsarina of Russia. 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 Can you do a Russian accent? No, I can't. I can't <laughs> I just always want to go vodka for breakfast. <laughs> so what are we drinking today? I made a Rasputin. Yeah. And because uh, more on that later, but she was totally drinking the Kool-Aid. Drinking the Rasputin totally, Kool-Aid? Yeah, the Rasputin Kool-Aid was all hers. So tell us what's in this Rasputin so Kool-Aid. So this one is uh, raspberry vodka. I think that's where they got the rasp. Oh. Yeah. Uh, raspberry vodka with cranberry and <clears throat> grapefruit juice. So BT does me and Kitty both don't like grapefruit juice and well, okay so now when i first took a sip of this so we pre-gamed a little bit and just like chat chatted we haven't seen each other in a while so we were catching up and talking about ghosts and when i first took a sip i was like oh but now that i'm almost done with my first glass it's much better okay okay okay, <laughs> okay. yeah it's 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 a little sweet yeah but grapefruit juice is a little dry i just don't know yeah really like, but um anyway so alex was born on june 6 1872 and she was given the name alex Victoria Louise Beatrix of Hesse and by the Rhine. So let's just stick with Alex. God, please, I think let's do we're that. just gonna. Um, her mother was Alice, a daughter of Queen Victoria of England. Uh, maybe you've heard of her. And her father was Louis, the Grand Duke of Hesse and by the Rhine. So Hesse was like a duchy at this time, and it was. What's part of Germany? Yeah, it's like basically where Frankfurt is right now. Yeah. And so she was the sixth of seven children. Her mother took kind of like an unconventional approach to motherhood for the time. And by that, I mean she like actually acted like their mother, like didn't just have them raised by nannies. And yeah. Shit. And her mother actually wrote to Queen Victoria about her and said she's a sweet, merry little person, always laughing and a dimple in one cheek. Mm. She actually breastfed her kids, which um, royal women did not do. Yeah, it's, uh, it was Queen uncommon. Victoria hated it. Queen uh, Victoria said, "I'm gonna, I'm gonna name one of the cows in the field after you." Oh, <laughs> like because the milk cows. Oh my god, <laughs> that's awful. I know. But her family actually called Alex Sunshine. 
or Sunny or whatever because she was such a cheery little kid and like so happy all the time. Spoiler alert, that does not last for long. (laughs) (laughs) Her name was Alex. It was kind of like a Germanized version of her mom's name, Alice. Alice. Yeah, I read somewhere that uh, Alice was like, they murder the name Alice here. So I just called her Alex. Uh, Which is sweet. Her mother was like a super compassionate person. Yeah, she was involved in like helping the poor and the sick. And she was a really like great person. Yeah, really good role model for little Alex. For sure. Her her childhood up at the beginning was was very happy. Yeah. So with her education, you know, not as much is talked about about her education as some of the other queens that... We discussed who had like mm-hmm. stellar education, which, which is weird because yeah. we're we're in the you know eighteen late eighteen hundreds. Yeah, I'm not sure why it's not as documented. Maybe they just didn't consider it quite as important because she was the sixth child of a duke. And uh, she's of, a woman. Yeah, who- that um, her family was super Lutheran, so she did get a lot. A lot of her schooling did revolve around teachings of the Lutheran Church. Uh-huh. Her mother did make sure that she was really involved in her children's education and made sure that they were really good with music and languages. Yeah, that's where I kind of, like, connected with her because she was, like, music, piano. Like, yeah. That's, that's kind of, like, how my family is. So it's, like, I like that. Yeah. <laughs> she um she learned German, obviously, and she learned English. Uh, I think English was, like, her preferred language. That's how much her grandmother was involved in, like, her childhood and everything. She really, really strongly believed in the divine rights of kings, uh, which means that she believed, okay, you are king... Your queen, you're because, chosen by God because God wants you to yeah. be. It, it, you know, maybe that's why people ended up having so many revolutions around this time. But <laughs> spoiler alert: more on that <laughs> later. When she's five years old, uh, tragedy strikes. Her little brother um, falls out of a window. Sounds like Game of Thrones. I know. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, her brother's name was Frederick, and he dies of internal bleeding because he had hemophilia. Uh, Hemophilia. What is hemophilia? Well, it's a disease where your blood does not clot. So like any bump could cause internal bleeding. And and just bleed out. And any cut could just, like just a paper cut could like be a severe injury to you. So what I read a lot from was Queen Victoria allegedly had this like weird genetic mutation. Well, it's caused from... it's caused from, from, from thousands and thousands of years of inbreeding, or at least you know, at least one thousand years of inbreeding. And so she just happened to get this inbred gene that yeah. caused hemophilia, and she passed it on to a bunch of the well, her, cousins. And... So her, at least three of her daughters were carriers, and one of mm-hmm. them was because um, the hemophilia is um, carried by the females, but it doesn't it doesn't actually like women Show in yeah the females. didn't suffer it. It only like manifests in boys. Yes. So it became known as like the royal disease because all these royal kids, all these princes are popping up with hemophilia. Yeah. And so obviously royal disease because they're all inbred. Yeah. Um. (laughs) I mean, everybody's marrying their fucking cousins. And she like marries off all of her children who then spread hemophilia to Germany, Russia, Spain. Like she It's it's bad news bears. <laughs> yeah. It's really what it is. Tragedy strikes part de when um baby Alex was six years old. She, her mom, her brother and sisters all contracted diphtheria. So diphtheria is like this really horrible strain of uh bacteria that causes like your throat to like is, sl- is that what you die of? No, no, it was dysentery on the Oregon Trail. 
<laughs> you have died of dysentery. No, it's diphtheria. Dip- so theria. I, I like, uh, I'm one of those people that likes to look at the photos of like Ew. people that have diphtheria, Ew. so I can get an idea of like how they fucking die. Well, I'm glad you and, like, did. Their I did not stomach, want to. their stomachs like bloat. Gross. And so it's just like this bacteria that gets a hold of you. And it was really sad because the kids all got sick and. Everyone urged Alice to just let the nurses, let the nurses and doctors And she take was care like, no, I need to take care of my own children. And, and she like, wouldn't listen. And Alex rem- recalls, like, waking up in the middle of the night while she was sick and calling for her mother. And, like, no matter what time of day it was, what time in the middle of the night it was, her mom would come to take care of her. And I remember reading something where they documented that she was, like, she kissed her children. And that's how she caught it. And that's how she caught it. And that's how she got sick. And so... Maria, um, which was Alex's sister, and um, Alice herself died from, not dysentery, from diphtheria. So, interesting note, her mom died on the anniversary of her dad's death. Her dad's death. I know, that's so sad. Oh my gosh, like, whammy, And she had been like, whammy, a, she had been bam. like daddy's girl, for sure. So, like, Alice's, like, last words were like, Papa. Dear Papa. Aww. And I'm sure that was a major blow to Queen Victoria, because Queen Victoria was in mourning for her husband for the rest of her life. And then her and daughter so, died. Her daughter to die, like, on the same day. I think of uh, Steel Magnolias whenever she goes to that monologue about Shelby dying. Man, man, I can run to Florida and back. This is the second time in this podcast where we have referenced that part of Steel Magnolias. There was another episode where we did it. Really love Steel Magnolias. (laughs) First way to my heart is ice cream and Steel Magnolias. Oh my goodness. So anyway, life after mama. Their father, he really did try to be like a mom, mother, dad. and father, but it just didn't come. I mean, he loved his children and he doted on his children, but it just didn't come as naturally to him. I think it's because he spoiled them too much. Like, uh, yeah. I think he like he tried to uh, he tried this, to make up for like I'm sorry, you lost your mother. Would you like seven ponies? Let me get yeah, you seven ponies. Yeah. You know, like, I, and I understand like he's traumatized as well, so he doesn't want to deal with it either. Yeah, because he did love his wife. They had they. I think it was arranged marriage, but they, it was a loving one. You know, yeah. not all the arranged marriages are sad and depressing. Theirs was pretty happy, I think. And But regardless of what anyone did, Alex was d- depressed. Yeah. Desperately depressed. Mm-hmm. And she just could not take it. And, and later that year, she, like, suffered an injury. Like, um, her and her sisters were running, and she ran, like, right through a glass plate. And <sighs> so her legs were jacked up for the rest of her life. And it took her a really long time to recover. And when she was, like... In her bed, she would, like, call for her mom whenever her legs hurt, but her mom's dead. Somehow this makes me think of, like, our Catherine of Aragon episode when, when Henry has, like, that leg accident in the the tournament, and then yeah. it, like, messes them up for the rest, rest of, their of their life. Rest of their life, yeah. But, I mean, for her, it's like, she just can't stand. She doesn't She's, go crazy. She couldn't like stand for, like, a, yeah, she didn't have, like, festering <laughs> wounds. But, yeah, she couldn't stand for a long period of time. For the she rest would, of her life, she her was legs were jacked She was bedridden for yeah. weeks. For yeah. weeks. And that is the fucking saddest thing ever. I know. <laughs> Hello everyone, it's Takuyi here. And I'm Gabby. And we are the hosts of History of Everything, a podcast which you can probably guess by the name is, well, I mean, it's about everything. Do you want to know why people thought potatoes were evil and would give you syphilis? Are you curious about all the stories of the terrible and stupid ways that people have kicked the bucket over the years? Do you want to hear tales about all of the different badasses of history and the lives that they had brought to life? Well, if so, then look no further. History of Everything is just the right podcast for you. It's available on Spotify, Pandora, and anywhere else that you get your podcast from. Join us for some fun and just see how weird and wacky history can be. 
Hey y'all, spooky season is here. And if you're looking for a show to whet your appetite for a little haunted history, then I'd like to invite you to check out Southern Gothic, a chart-topping history podcast that explores some of the most infamous legends, folklore, ghost stories, and hauntings of the American South. We've covered all sorts of stuff from the Bell Witch of Tennessee to the disappearance of the Confederate submarine, the H.L. Hunley, not to mention our deep dives into the local lore of some of America's oldest and most haunted cities like New Orleans, Charleston, and St. Augustine. So if you're ready for a little good old-fashioned Halloween storytelling with a commitment to quality historical research, then be sure to check out Southern Gothic today. It's available now on all your favorite podcast apps. Uh, so let's kind of talk about like her personality is very shy, yeah. like painfully shy, which comes off as snobby a lot of times in the yeah. rest of her life. So Grandma Queen V would make her play the piano in front of all the guests. I love that. And I as love she, it. Well, because... Because um, Alex was a very talented player. Like, she mm-hmm. was um, a really great pianist. And so... It sounded like you said penis. I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> I know you too it. well. Couldn't have it. No, she was really talented. And so Queen Vicky would want to, like, show that off to everybody. To, like, Alex's, like, embarrassment. She was yeah, like, Yeah, oh and so God. for a shy person with anxiety, getting out in front of people and yeah. forcing you to play isn't necessarily something that she would like to do. So even though we don't know like a whole, whole lot about her education, I did read that she was an excellent student and like... Her she, tutors loved her. And she loved, like, I think she was only an excellent student because she loved getting praise from her tutors yeah, about her being such yeah. a good student. And she was a little more than haughty. Like, she was, she was a, yeah, we'll be like, like I said about the um, Divine rights of kings thing she had it in her head like oh i am better than everybody because i was born into a royal family because god picked me to be here it makes me like whenever i was researching alex i really was thinking like if you were to mix catherine of aragon with marie antoinette like this really religious super religious person but with somebody who's like Oh, I'm fancy. Well, the common. Well, no, Catherine of Aragon cared about. But the what I'm saying is, Marie too. Antoinette didn't. Mix I could see with... that. Okay, write in. Tell us what you think. <laughs> tell us who you think. <laughs> well, let's actually get to the episode first. <laughs> Queen Victoria wants Alex to eventually become Queen of England. So Victoria really wanted Alex to marry the heir to the throne of England, her first cousin Albert, and that would have been more hemophilia. Albert um, was, and Albert. <laughs> was um not a bad looking guy no. and, and i think that shows how much vicky like adored alex that she wanted her to come live in england so i read there, you know i read that thing. at that time they actually started to get suspicions about inbreeding vicky could not believe that alex wasn't interested and she thought Oh, she's just being coy, playing hard to get, being humble. But really... Alex had her eyes on (laughs) this hottie named Nicholas II. I think Nicholas is very handsome. Oh, child. He's got the hipster beard. He's got a very hipster beard. With a really pretty blue eyes. And... mm, Picture it. (laughs) St. Petersburg, 1884. Alex first meets Nicholas 
when her sister Elizabeth goes over to Russia to marry Nikki's uncle Sergey. They were smitten. I mean, they were. She was twelve, so she was smitten in the way that, it, the in the way that I was smitten with Taylor Hansen when I was twelve. Puppy love. Puppy yeah. love. Basically, a ten-year-long distance relationship took place during that time. Yeah, like they basically became pen pals for a decade. They made uh, it very clear to their families that they only had eyes for one another. Though Nikki did have a mistress, a Russian ballerina named Matilda, and uh, y'all, she was gorgeous, beautiful. I don't even know how to say her last name, so I'm not going to try. So just if you want to see pictures, Google Sorry, Nicholas mistress because he didn't have any after he married her. So I think that was, was his this only the mistress. one that like her. His dad set him up? His dad. Yeah, his dad was like, well, his dad knew (laughs) that he was in love with Alex, and his dad did not want him marrying a German princess. His dad wanted him marrying a Russian... No, his dad wanted him marrying a French princess. Oh. Um, Because Hess by the Rhine compared to France. And also... That's uh, interesting. Russia and Germany had been at war previously, and yeah. so there were still a lot they of people. They didn't like each yeah, other. They didn't like each other. And uh, he was like, they're not going to accept a German, you know, the public's not going to accept a German princess. And also Russia, This is, it's interesting, um, at the Russian court at this time, people spoke French. Yeah. It was so, all French. So, yeah, that they considered that the classiest language. So. Parlez-vous français? <laughs> Drummel, please. She comes out when she's 16. And <laughs> in so 1888. Ha- in 1888, she has her coming out. And no, that's n- it doesn't mean the same thing then. Surprise, she's a lesbian and she lived happily ever she after. She never married a king and she lived happily ever after. Sadly, no. I wish she would have just been a lesbian <laughs> and not married anybody. Her life would have been better. Right. But no, what that meant coming out into society basically means you're of marriageable age and you start going to balls and you start accepting you know getting proposals and stuff like that oh so nikki proposed and they got married right away no um her cousin albert heir to england did propose because i'm sure grandma vicky was like do it do it it now now. and she said no which was a scandal i know it was a scandal i remember reading it and it was like oh my gosh but queen victoria told you to do it yeah and she was like "Mm, pass and i mean honestly albert wasn't that bad looking he, he was handsome he's no nicholas the second yeah he did he ended up he um he ended up dying early and so his brother george ended up becoming the king anyway which is very interesting google george the fifth of england and Tsar nicholas the second of russia there's pictures of them standing side by side because they're also first cousins but on the other side of the family they look exactly alike Exactly alike. Uh, anyway. Ooh, ooh, I couldn't handle that. So let's <laughs> talk about Nikki real quick. Yeah, a little hot minute. So They're called the, um, when you're the heir to the throne in Russia, you're the Tsarevich. So a little brief history about, I mean, Russia is there's, you have a family, the Romanovs, mm-hmm. and they, the dad, Alexander Third, is like super pro-Russia, yeah. the monarchy, and you have before him his grandpa was very... Was, like, wasn't his grandpa the one that freed the serfs? His grandpa freed the serfs and tried to be westernized and tried to be like, mm-hmm. to, to try to include the serfs and try to be Which more happened liberal. first? I, I really don't know. I don't have this in the notes or anything. Which happened first? The freeing of the serfs or into slavery in America? I think into slavery in America. No. Yeah, into slavery in America because 18, it was like 18, well, wait. Or maybe, maybe it was about the same time. But anyway, huh. these serfs had been... I haven't looked that these up. These serfs, I, I just thought of it. These serfs had been like in 
indentured service since like uh, I mean, we the beginning about, of time. We talked about it in Elizabeth Bathory. Yeah, like, like we talked about this in the twelfth century. So there's there's um, <laughs> Russian peasants who remember, you know, hey, my grandpa was a serf. Like that's how recently they had been freed or whatever. Yeah, and so Alexander the Third. Nikki's dad, whatever. Nikki's dad. Nikki's dad was kind of, um, he was nowhere near as liberal and lovey-dovey, but he was very, he was a strict ruler. He was a commanding force to be reckoned with. And the reason why is because Alexander II, uh, Nikki's grandfather, ended up getting like blown up by a bomb. Yeah, he was assassinated. Yeah. Like he got, got blown up. Yeah. And they brought him home. And so obviously. That's his granddad. So his dad went the exact opposite route that his father and did. And he was like... And he tried to I mean, bring he, serfdom back. He didn't, and try, though, uh, He like, didn't, yeah. but he tried to, He was like, a lot more of a hard ass. He was a hard ass. And, he was um, more conservative. I mean, I do think whenever you're the king of, like, such a huge country, you do kind of have to be a hard ass. Whereas Nikki... Nikki was sweet. Nikki was soft-hearted. Nikki yeah. wrote in his journal about how much he loved his mother. And that's not really Nikki, what you would think about the Tsar of Russia. I know. <laughs> and you know what? But that's going to make a great husband. But yeah, maybe not a great ruler of such, like, empire as Russia, you know? And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to reiterate it. He's fine as hell, girl. He's He's very good looking. Ooh. And so, like... Their families was- were not into it, like, at all. We've already touched on that a little bit. Victoria says, why would you want to go to Russia? It's cold. It's unstable. The people there hate their rulers. And she didn't like Alexander either. Yeah. Like she, uh, she's from Western Europe, so she likes that more modernized. Yeah. And she and didn't like Alexander. They didn't want the German-Russian thing. Yeah. And that really pissed him off. In 1889, Alex goes over there to spend six weeks to, like, spend a season or whatever with her sister, Elizabeth. And her sister Elizabeth was hardcore pushing for this match. She wanted her sister with her, you know? She wanted yeah. her sister to come over. Yeah. Nikki falls so deeply in love with her. It's so adorable reading about, I like, know. how they were just, like, He writes, um, my dream is someday to marry Alex H. I have loved her a long while and still deeper and stronger since 1889 when she spent six weeks in St. Petersburg. Oh, my heart little did a little pitter-patter. But she made a horrible impression <laughs> with the russian people at the capital she was quote unquote badly dressed clumsy an awkward dancer an atrocious french accent a schoolgirl blush too shy too nervous too arrogant wah, wah. Ooh, not great <laughs> so um she goes home after that and shortly after sadly her dad dies and she was Heartbroken. I mean, she's so little, and everybody's dying on her. Like she doesn't. Well, she have was. A mom she was twenty at this point. But I mean, her mom died when she was young. Her brother, her sister, and then she's twenty, and then her dad dies. I and know. She's like, so yeah. she has to focus. Her older brother, who I think is only older older than her by like two or three years, now has to become the Grand Duke. So she has to focus on. She's basically playing queen mm-hmm. to him as the king because she hosts all his dinners and like just getting him ready to get on his feet. On his own. So she marriage is out of her mind right now. She's focusing on home, making sure her brother gets off to a good start. And she was playing the role of wife. Yeah. I mean... Receiving guests. Banquets and parties. Yeah. Galas, or is it galas? Oh, I say gala. 
Some people do say gala, though. I, I know. know. Tomato, tomato. Yeah. I don't know. Cheerio. I'm sure you'll tell us in the comment section how much we suck at we pronounce it wrong. So. <laughs> is it gala or is it gala? Whatever. <laughs> so years pass, and Nikki is like, okay, I really need to propose to her. Like, And the families are like, the families are finally like, fine. You're like, you, this is the first thing you've ever actually fought for in your life. Because he's such a <laughs> passive little pansy. I'm sorry, he is. And his parents are just like, whatever, whatever. And so he went on this journey around the world and still came home yeah. saying, I love Alan. She's so totally the boss. Okay, yeah. leave out the totally. And she still, he still has his mistress, but he's like, I'm going to put her aside. I'm not even... He didn't love her. Like, and, he loved and Alex. And Queen V... Oh, that's Queen Victoria. Queen, Queen Vicky? Queen V was... Over and she noted no two people were ever more devoted than she or he are and this is one consolation I have for otherwise the dangers and responsibilities fill me with anxiety oh which is kind of a scary thing like yeah, I can like imagine she's... if I got engaged and my grandma was like mm, the dangers fill me with anxiety I might be like whoa what she had never seen Alex so determined about anything in her life so she was they like they were both in love so, and also that shows, you know, this determination that she shows, shows that she's not this, sh- like, shrieking violet, that, like, everybody... Exactly. Is it shrieking? I said shrieking violet. That's not right. Shrinking. shrinking. <laughs> she's not a violet just going, ah! Okay, so it's time to get engaged, girls and gals. So there's a wedding, and it takes place in Germany. And it's <laughs> Alex's brother the is marrying... The new Grand Duke of Hesse by the Rhine. Oh. She's ma- he's marrying this chick named Victoria, because, again, they're not very creative with names. She was the Duke's first cousin, because she was also... The granddaughter of Queen Victoria, probably a carrier of hemophilia. And her mother was a Russian princess, so guess who was coming to the wedding? Nikki! Nikki! Oh my god, Nikki, Nikki, Licky, Licky. Oh. Oh. (laughs) So, Nicholas proposes. And Alex actually said no at first. I know! What the fuck? Now, okay, so remember, she was like a devout Lutheran, and she was gonna have to convert to Russian Orthodox, which I, I. didn't like do any research on Russian Orthodox, but I believe it's very similar to Catholicism. Yeah, super strict, super like has saints and like yeah, shit like that. That what she had been taught her whole life were like stupid and, and superstition and blah 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 blah. So um, uh, leading him on, much? She's I mean, totally leading him this on. This really annoys me because it's like, oh, you've been talking to this guy for ten years. Is this the first time? This can't possibly be the first time you've thought about. Hey, I'm gonna have to switch religions if I marry him. Duh. So, like that's what you have to do. One of my favorite podcasts that I've mentioned before on this show, The History Chicks, when they talk about this, they suggest that she had every intention of eventually marrying him. She just wanted a little bit of drama. She wanted a little bit of look at me, look at me. Oh, I'm so distraught mm-hmm. about what am I gonna do about this? And they had a long conversation on the day that he proposed that went on for like two hours. And she just like wept. Being, I can't, I can't do it. The drama of it all. Alex's sister, Elizabeth, who, you know, she wasn't required to convert when she married Nikki's uncle, Sergey. Sergey. Um, but she did voluntarily. And also, I would love to do, like, a short episode on Elizabeth one day. She had a very interesting life, and the Russian people loved her. Because she didn't have to convert, but she did, like... She was like, oh, I'm going to live here. I may as well be the religion of these yeah, people. No, you know, just go through the motions. But yeah, so keep that, your own religion. That's what she told Alex. She was like, look, just do it, but keep your own religion in your heart. No one's going to know. No one knows what's in your heart, whatever. And so Alex says yes, finally. Finally. This, she held out so a long time. So they are in 
engaged. They go their separate ways to prep for the marriage. Alex goes actually to England after the engagement, goes to England. Oh. After the, after start learning Russian, start learning about like, because oh, Queen yeah. Victoria was like, well, if you're going to have to convert, I want you to do it here. I can hire the best priest or whatever to come teach you. Then Nikki's dad, Sir Alex, gets yeah, like. Alexander the Third Gets really sick. His health, like, just took this sudden, like, nosedive. He'd already been slightly sick, and that's why they gave the okay for Nikki to propose. Because they were like, she's not our first choice, but I don't want to die and you not have, like, a queen lined up. So, go ahead and marry her. Alex arrives, and the Tsar meets her in full regalia. Is it regalia? Like, No, it's regalia. (laughs) Is it it gala? Is it gala? Is it regala? Regala, regalia. No, so he's like, he's like, doesn't want to accept her into Russia, like, on his sickbed. So he basically, he gets all dressed up and meets her at the train station and everything, but, like, then immediately goes back to his sickbed. And she's only there ten days before he dies. What a way to be welcomed. Poor Alexandra, like, welcome to Russia, you're, oh, 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 daddy's dead. And now he's and now it's time for a funeral. Um <laughs> Nikki was convert confirmed as Sar that night and he said to his uncles like, "I don't want to be Sar. Like I don't what am I supposed to do? Like what's going to happen to Russia?" Which I just wonder <laughs> like had why hadn't people been prepping him from the Day of his birth. Come on. And then, and then, they scheduled the wedding three weeks later. Only three weeks later. So the country's still in mourning. And the Russian people, like, saw this as, like... An omen. Yeah, this is a a bad bad omen. omen. And this was, like, a slap in the face to Alexander III to be, like, wedding right after you died. So, like... like or they, you know, they were just like, well, because I guess the whole Russian population didn't necessarily know that he was already sick, so they viewed it as like, this German bitch comes over here and then our czar dies. Like yeah. it's a bad omen. It's they, a bad omen. So the wedding took place three weeks later, November twenty sixth, eighteen ninety four. Fun fact: it was Nikki's mom's birthday. Yeah. And so the reason they did that is because um, so the country's in mourning, but on holidays like the um, Tsaritsa's birthday the country gets to like lax their morning a little bit and celebrate so that's why they did it that day because it was a day allowed for like some celebration i remember reading somewhere that someone quoted alexandra as saying that she traded her white dress for a black one well she traded her black dress for a white one because she was in a black dress for morning sorry i knew what you i knew what you meant (laughs) i was there yeah she she said i i traded my black dress for a white dress like her morning dress to her wedding dress she yeah she wrote to her sisters that the day felt more like a funeral than a wedding day (laughs) this wedding would was supposed to just forge together germany britain russia everything you know no big deal like we're just gonna forge together the whole asian european continent yeah that's cool (laughs) they get married and she her official name changes from alex to alexandra fyodorovna because of the church that she was converted to orthodoxy in so her sister was also elizabeth fyodorovna and uh yeah so because that was the church she converted so the country was in mourning and there was no reception no honeymoon nothing yeah they're they're Otherwise, I think they did have, like, a small reception, but not, like, a huge state party, you know. Um, Otherwise, there would have been, like, parades and banquets all week. Um, But sadly, not for them. However, I do want to touch on that Alex's dress was the 
fucking shit. And oh the my Roman God. crown was like nine fucking pounds. Y'all, just, I mean, it's going to be on our cover art for this episode, but just Google her wedding dress. Like, gorgeous. It's so beautiful. She's got this choker on that I, oh my God, I love so much. I love the jewels. Yeah, that crown weighed nine pounds. It was um, commissioned by Catherine the Great. Dripping in jewels, eleganza. Just, just like her dress must have been so fucking heavy. She wore this veil that was designed by her, you know, her grandfather, Prince Albert. You know, no big deal. And her mother had worn it. All her aunts had worn this veil. It's on actually the wedding very day, beautiful. it's so like sentimental. It's beautiful. Um, yeah, this really, honestly, it didn't help with her unpopularity with Russian people at well, the time. Well, that, that crown gave her a fucking headache. And so, and her legs, you know, she can't stand for a long time. So at, you know, when they're like receiving people after the wedding that are congratulating them, everyone noted that she looked so pissed off and like didn't look excited or happy. Yeah, I'm sure she was miserable. Her legs hurt. Her head hurt. She was wearing like 50 pounds of jewels and she wasn't, right. she didn't like being the center of attention. And, and the funny thing is that the coronation didn't take place until like a year and a half later on May yep. 14th of 1896. I I can see I understand like they got married in November. They probably didn't want to do the coronation. Well, they didn't right want to do away the cor- after the dad died. Yeah, and also they didn't want to do it in the winter cuz mm. I don't know if you know this about Russia. It's cold. <laughs> it's very cold. Yeah, so the coronation takes place after morning's over. So um about a year and a half later and the thousands of Russians th- like show up to the event. This is Well, they had um the beginning so, of the end. So they have banquets <laughs> In every major city throughout the country. You know, they were going to go on progress and hit, like, all these major cities. And we've talked about it before in previous episodes where when you throw a coronation, you go to the city and you throw a party and it's Everybody free Everybody gets free shit. It's basically like a party bag. It's like Oprah showing up and be like, you get food and you, you get, get food. and Everybody <laughs> doesn't starve today. <laughs> um, so they were supposed to get... A bread roll, a pretzel, sausage, and a commemorative cup. I, I wish it was monogrammed with their initials on it. might have been. I don't know what the I'm, commemorative I'm sure cup looks like. Been, uh, I should have looked that up. Bougie bitch. But yeah, and then rumors started to spread that there was going to be a gold coin in the cup. Oh, Lord. You know, and so 500,000 people show up to Kudinka. I think I'm saying that right. Kudinka Field. Which is um, like this big field in Moscow, which was going to be the location of the big banquet in so Moscow. I'm going to say Kodinka to cover our bases. Kodinka? <laughs> I don't know. Kodinka, 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 right. Field. <laughs> so it was about four days after the coronation yeah, took place. Yeah, and it's a tragedy. So by 6 a.m. that day, 500,000 people had gathered there because they want they want their shit. And in But a room. lot of people had stayed up all night. They hadn't even gone to bed. So they just stayed They're up hung- all night. They hungry. And they hangry. also had been staying up <laughs> drinking all night. Oh. Yeah. So they were extra hangry. And belligerent. And the Russian crowds just got super pissed because they're belligerent and started just like trampling. Like I guess somebody whispered in the crowd like, oh, the pretzels are ready. And so everybody, (laughs) yeah, starts running and rushing. And 1,389 people were trampled to death. That is my... Like when I was reading about how they died, like suffocating in ditches or whatever, that is like my worst nightmare way to die like because i'm claustrophobic you have claustrophobic yeah, issues claustrophobic also too. could you imagine <laughs> just being tra- like like 
under a bunch trapped, of bodies in trapped. a ditch and can't get out, and that's <clears> how you die. <throat> exactly, exactly. That's exactly yeah, how right. I feel. And so there were... And 1,300 uh, other people were injured. <coughs> so there were like 1,800 police on standby. But for a crowd of 500,000 people, what does that do? That's a nothing, drop in the bucket, you know? Nothing. Like, you're, you're screwed. Again, many people saw this as a bad omen. Yeah, like, like this, this German woman came over, and then the king dies, and then these people all die, and... Yeah, it was it was not good for them. And then Nicholas got his uh, nickname Bloody Nicholas for the rest of his life. Yeah, maybe him and Bloody Mary should meet get up together. In the afterlife. There needs to be a Bloody Nicholas cocktail. Bloody together. Bloody. What would be in a Bloody Nicholas? Maybe. Well, there's already vodka in a Bloody Mary, right? Yeah. I don't know. What's up? We'll take this offline. <laughs> we'll discuss it later. <laughs> So there was a ball that night to be hosted by the French ambassador. And Alex and Nikki were like, we can't go to this. But Nikki's family, who was, you know, actually really running the show. And as we mentioned, Nicholas isn't the most commanding type of They were like, you have to go to this ball. You can't snub the French ambassador. Which I'm like, why hasn't the French ambassador already canceled his party anyway? Right. There's a, it would be like... Dad died, people were trampled. It would have been like if after Hurricane Katrina, Bush had been like... Party! Whatever, (laughs) having a party, have fun. Bad move, bro. Bad move. So they went to this party. Alex was fucked either way. The common people said that she was a bad omen and that she caused this trampling, but if she would have not gone to this party, the society people would have been like, oh, well, she's so snobby and stuck up anyway. She couldn't be bothered to make it. So she's fucked either way. Yeah. Um, the British ambassador to Russia was at this party, and he wrote to um, Queen Vicky, the empress appeared in great distress, her eyes reddened by tears the entire night. While at the ball. So sad. I know. This pissed the Russian people off, too. It, it's... It seemed like she was being heartless and callous. But they even they even went and visited the people in the hospitals, and they gave um, a thousand. Is it rubles? Was their money at the time? Um, They gave a thousand rubles to like anybody that lost a family member in the tragedy. But still, I mean. There was nothing they could have done. Yeah, it just seems like at this point that there's nothing that you could do. Make it better. The they're going to hate like, her. There's gonna... no matter what you do, they're going to hate her no matter what. Because she could pull rainbows and sunshine out of her ass and make it always nice in Russia, and people are still going to be like, "Yeah, but why didn't she pull Skittles out of her ass Again, too? I like Skittles, you know." Like, like it, it seems like her marriage to Nicholas got off to a rocky start, but their relationship was tight. They were. So fucking in love with each no, other. No, they were. Everything that I read They was were like kind of oblivious he- to everything else. Head over else. heels, like, I think, puppy love. He still. didn't have any mistresses. She was the most devoted wife. I know, yeah. I know now when you're like, he didn't have any mistresses. It's like, okay, good. But back then, you know. <laughs> they had are, tons. Yeah, and the fact that, no, they married for love and they were committed to each other. And to add to this, Alex had four daughters from uh, 1895 to 1901. So in like... Six years, four like, daughters. Bam, 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 bam. And, and the thing is, is this is what makes me think of Catherine of Aragon again, is that no sons. Yeah. No, no. Well, even though Cath- well, Catherine of Aragon had a son on the first try, he just died after yeah, like, 10 no weeks or whatever. Yeah, but no surviving, like, yeah. male heirs. And so up. everybody's like, oh, this German bitch comes here, kills our czar, tramples all our people, and can't, can't even, even give have us a, a baby son. boy. Uh. Whatever. But... Let's talk about the four girls that were born because everybody knows them. They're from Alex loved her daughter, and Nicholas was 
Oh, I bet he was such a good dad. Everything I read was just like he obsessed over his daughters. He like spoiled the shit out of them. Like he, I could just imagine him being like just the sweetest dad. You know what I mean? So Olga came first. She was born a year after the wedding in 1895. Olga was a fucking adorable kid. Go to her Facebook page, Olga Romanoff. Uh, not her Facebook page? Wikipedia page. <laughs> she does not have a Facebook. Let me drink some more of this Rasputin. <laughs> you drinking the juice. Um, no, her, her Wikipedia page, they show like pictures of her from when she's a toddler. She is the prettiest little baby. And she was the shy one. Yeah. And, like, she um, was the meek one. Alex actually said, because she didn't realize she was going to have nothing but daughters after this, like after uh, Olga was born. And she was like, I'm actually happy it's a girl because this is we don't have to share this baby with Russia. Because if it had been a boy, you know, it would have been property of the state. But they're like, she, so she was happy their first one was a girl because huh. they got to be a cute little family for a so, while. So Tatiana was next, born mm-hmm. in 1897. She was the one that said, like, she was the spitting image of her mother. Yeah. Like, she was the one that looked just like her. She was she was the most serious of them, which is, a you know, like, Alex was a very serious figure. And later in life, she was, like, the Paris Hilton of the family. Like, the one that was, like, the public figure. Yeah. <laughs> Like yeah, exactly. I like that. The Paris Hilton of the family. <laughs> Maria was born in 1899. Maria was, quote unquote, the pretty one. It was very romantic. <laughs> like she was obsessed with romance novels and poetry. And Alex was like, okay, this is the one that's going to be like a good wife or whatever, you yeah. know, someone to marry off into a, like a powerful family. And then the one that everybody knows about. Anastasia. Was born in 1901. So I do have a confession to make. I have never seen Anastasia before. The the, the cartoon. Never okay, seen it before. So I we did this. I loved it when I was a kid. I don't. I don't know how many times I saw it when I was a kid. Because of that movie, I thought that Anastasia, that the Romanoffs, died in a fire until <laughs> 2014. Fake news. Until 2014, Fake I news. thought that they had all died in like a tragic fire. Fake news. <laughs> anyway. So in case you hadn't gathered from context clues in the cartoon, <laughs> the Romanoffs all die in a fire. Because <laughs> maybe, you know, shot in the head was not good for children. <laughs> um, this is so like you were saying. And so in 1902, um, she has a phantom pregnancy, which we've discussed phantom pregnancies, I think only in the um, Catherine, of Catherine of Aragon episode. That's where it's another just like, reason why you're just so stressed about not having a baby that you like your body convinces yourself that you're pregnant yeah it's just like you want it it so bad isn't it so crazy that the brain can affect the body like that but finally finally a boy comes and it's 10 i want the world to boy i am the sarovich <laughs> the, the, couple, the couple was overjoyed that this happened, and everyone in the country was like, sheesh, finally, we finally. have a boy. Finally. And the couple was like through the roof, but when he's um, about like two or three months old, he one day just starts bleeding from his belly button for no reason. And they realize, oh, fuck, he has hemophilia. Hemophilia! Oh. So Alex's whole life becomes devoted to making sure that Alexi survives. Oh, God. And here here enters our Rasputin. good man, Rasputin. I'm going to pour a glass for this Girl. stinky ass Girl, top me off. That is a full, like, y'all, he filled his glass 
to the brim. Don't fill me to the brim because I will spill it. Um, <laughs> so she so meets this dude that it's her has, stage left, Rasputin. He, he the has creepiest this, looking like, motherfucker ever. Right? He has like this apparently allegedly. He has like this good Jesus juju, like that he just like, yeah. has has the direct connection me to Me and the Jay Man are tight, 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 tight. And to be honest with you, I think Rasputin was a little bit of a whack job. A bit, <laughs> a little bit. Is that is that what we're gonna say? So, so understatement let, of the year. I know yeah, it's been a short year, right? <laughs> so let's meet Rasputin. He was a um, quote unquote holy man, a mm-hmm. uh, quote unquote healer. Um, this is the time in. Uh, even in, uh, I mean, all American of the history. World. Yeah. Like, everybody was really into mysticism. Like, if you yeah. look at um, Mary Todd Lincoln, which was just like 30 years before this or something, she was really, like, the whole world was really into mysticism. Yeah. And there was this specific sect of uh, the mysticism that was like the Callisti sect. And it was this whole cultish um, faith healing. And I read some stuff where it was like, you indulge in your sins for one moment so that you don't sin anymore. So like a cheat day? Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> like a cheat and so day for that's sins. where the whole like orgies and like mm. they had all this like orgies I, and but drinking. I think I've read that it's like, been like disputed though that he was really into like orgies and stuff. That was just like the Russian public yeah. hated him so much. And that's the thing. That's like, the thing they spread. Yeah, he he was a negative connotation to sex basically yeah <laughs> oh he's so scary looking he's so, creepy anyway alex enlists rasputin because yeah like they don't know what to do about this hemophilia and stuff so alex enlists rasputin to pray for her son to make him better because he's this uh reputable healer that has has done yeah. great things for people and so she so becomes she- like obsessed with him and his teachings and she gave him like incredible access to like the running of the government, basically. Yeah, I mean, he had a first class ticket to Russian. Yeah, and so monarchy. like the um, the <laughs> ruling class, like the other people in like the monarchy, fucking hated him because who is this? Who is this farmer who suddenly? And then the the working class hated him because they were like, oh shit, this guy is cray. So like I I kept I said this to you like before this, like I feel like he's like the Warren Jeffs of Russia. Warren Jeffs is like a cult leader. Oh he had like a bunch of wives and they were all like underage. Oh, that was and... also in Texas though, wasn't it? Yes. And it was and so, yeah, yeah, warned, yeah, and it like they were like that where all the women dressed like in like colonial clothes or whatever yeah, exactly. and he had like a bunch of 14-year-old so wives or something. that kind of reminds me of Rasputin oh. is like he's like super religious cult-like kind of okay. sort of. And so anyway. Alex became obsessed with his teachings. Like she just I mean he prayed for her son and yeah, then he well, got that's, better. Yeah, well that's the crazy thing is that yeah, she would Anytime that Alexi got really sick, she'd be like, Rasputin, pray for him. And then Alexi would get better a couple of days later. It was weird. The one thing I did read years ago, I couldn't refind it in the study years ago. I read about, because, you know, um, hemophilia is like you bleed easily. And aspirin, which was like a brand new medicine then, like um, prevents blood clotting and stuff like that. And so the doctors... It ended out. Yeah. And so the doctors were giving um, the little boy aspirin for his aches and pains. Uh, and Rasputin was like, tell... 
was like, tell the doctors not to give him anything. I and have help. not yeah. heard that. And so I don't know if he knew because like I don't think I don't think back then they knew that about aspirin that it was like I was effective sitting there reading. Clotting. I was sitting there reading and being like, why did it work? And now that makes sense yeah. because everything I was reading, they were like, we don't know how it worked. So let's get back to Alex, and she's just acting. She's just kind of like erratic at this point she would like isolate herself for like days just to pray for alexi she's the beginning of the end of the romanoff family spoiler alert oh it's all this is the whole story (laughs) is the beginning of the end and there were rumors that alex and rasputin boned and which i don't believe i don't believe at all a hot second okay so first of all she's so haughty and she thinks oh god has put me in this place she's not gonna sleep with a farmer you know like here's the defense is about to present its case step one (laughs) alex is hot as fuck and you mean Nikki? Step, is, no. Oh no, you mean Alex? You think Alex is hot step as fuck? Step two, yeah. Nikki is hot as fuck. So why is she gonna fuck Rasputin, who looks you... like who looks like a demon? Anyway, <laughs> long story short, she's obsessed with Rasputin, grasping at straws, and that is the straw that she like just clings onto. That Rasputin's gonna save her baby boy. And the thing is, is that Nicholas. C- Keeps trying to be like, nah, yeah, maybe, Nick, maybe he just Nicholas, that much. Nicholas isn't that into it, but it's the only thing making his wife feel peaceful, and he loves her so much. I think he just like went along with it. He didn't necessarily believe in it, but he was like, this makes my wife feel better, so I'm just going to roll with this creepy homeless guy sleeping in the palace, you know? <laughs> While this is all happening, Russia is going to shit. Absolutely. Um, Alex is too wrapped up in her family. She's too wrapped up in her family to realize that the country is changing and like the outlook on the imperial family is changing. And Nikki would would ask for her advice a lot of times. And her advice was always, who the fuck cares what the common people think? God has chosen you to be the ruler. Fuck it. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Russia and Japan went to war over this little little bitty piece of Korea that they both said that they had claim on. It's mine. It's mine. We won't go into huge detail, but basically it was um, these two huge eastern powers fighting. Japan whooped their ass. And, (laughs) well, because Nikki entered it thinking, of course we're going to beat Japan. They're this little bitty country. We're this big fucking country. And yeah, Japan won. And Teddy Roosevelt had to step in. To mediate a peace. Japan was kicking their ass and Nikki stuck out in the war out of pride and nothing else. And guess what happened? This left Russia poor AF. They were poor and um, embarrassed. Like everybody was so embarrassed I just about lost this. to this little tiny island yeah. over yonder. And so the Russian people start like protesting shit. And this really is the actual beginning of the Russian Revolution, in my opinion. Would you agree? Yes. I'm Helena Bonham Carter, and for BBC Radio 4, this is History's Secret Heroes, a new series of rarely heard tales from World War II. They had no idea that she was Britain's top female codebreaker. We'll hear of daring risk-takers. What she was offering to do was to ski in over the high Carpathian mountains. Of course it was dangerous, but uh, danger was his friend. Subscribe to History's Secret Heroes wherever you get your podcasts. Everybody, shush! William Shatner has something to say. Cat and Jethro, box of oddities. What do you do when the woman you love dies? 
Well, of course, you dig her up and you live with her. Aww. The show examines weird things. There are plenty of old photographs from this time period of children out in the streets playing in and among the dead horse carcasses. Oh, I miss those days. Things used to be so much simpler. Cat and Jethro. Then there's the urine wheel, which sounds like a really bad game show. Thing done weird things. Cat and Jethro, Box of Oddities. That is really mysterious. Join Cat and Jethro Gilligan-Toth for the strange, the bizarre, the unexpected as they lift the lid and cautiously peer inside the Box of Oddities. The Webby Award-winning Box of Oddities podcast from Airwave Media. Now, we're going to talk about Bloody Sunday. Bloody Sunday. Now, nothing we're about to say, like in any way, was like the fault of Alex or Nicholas. But the people already hated them, so So, bad news bears, y'all. Yeah. (laughs) Well, I say it's not their fault. Anyway, let's get into it and then we'll discuss. So on um, January 22nd, 1905, a group of peaceful, unarmed, and mostly religious-based marched on St. Petersburg to present a contract to the Tsar... So, like, better working conditions. There were about 3,000 to 10,000. It's a pretty big gap, but (laughs) somewhere in between there. There was about 3,000 to 10,000 people marching. There were elderly, women, children. It was, like, it was a real representative of Russia's working class. So they're marching on St. Petersburg, which is the Tsar's home and they yeah. didn't know that homeboy was going to be home that day like yeah no him and his family weren't home it was called the winter palace is what they were yeah. marching to and they weren't home but the the tsar's council told him before he like went to leave like hey this march is happening like it wasn't like a surprise march and nicholas was like well i've already got plans to go over here and after it nicholas sister actually wrote to him being like you knew they were coming you should have stayed and he was like, but I already had plans to go hunting over in Moscow or, what, you know, like something yeah, else. Some bro shit. So he could have stayed, but he had no idea what was going to happen. It was not his fault, but very long story short, they were shot at and a um, hundred were killed and hundreds were wounded and riots fucking ensued because these were unarmed peaceful religious people who were just coming to talk to their czar. And it's so sad because while they were marching, they were even saying, like, long live the czar, long live Russia. <clears throat> and also I read that uh, they were saying no war more, or uh, no, no war more food. Yeah. Like, they're they're just saying stop just... fighting war, give us food. And let's be uh, peaceful and let's come to, and they get shot at. Yeah. And it's. It's so sad. So and after think, that, people were saying, like, we no longer have a SAR. I, I feel like SAR doesn't care about us. think uh, the January 2017 Women's March, think that, but gone really bad. Like if the women had all been shot at. Yes. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. think that. Mm-hmm. Like, and it just pissed everybody off. So, like. Especially uh, some dude named Vladimir Lenin. Uh, Heard of him much? Uh, no. So huge, huge sweeping summary of the revolution building up to World War One. Lots of workers on strike and protesting. Lots of mad hate for the imperial family. Yeah. Lots of uh, Nikki going out hunting and feeling sad and depressed on helpless. Lots of Alex praying and stressing and rasputining. <laughs> it's a verb. 
drink the juice, Shelby. <laughs> uh, Nikki forms this thing uh, called the Duma. It's like it's like Congress, basically. Yes, and there's it's supposed uh, to be like elected officials. There's a few Dumas that he creates along the time, <laughs> um, <laughs> but <laughs> up to this point, he'd been a total monarch, which means like it means exactly what it sounds like. It means yeah, like aristocracy, like. I have, it's what so, we talked about, Alexandra, with being like, you are anointed by God. Yeah, and so, like, um, up to this point, he'd be a total monarch, and so he forms this Congress, this Duma, and be trying to show the people, like, look, I'm willing to work with you. Like, I'm going to let you elect some officials. But, like, it was it was a name only. Like, and in practice, they didn't really do anything. No, you they know? Didn't. it was just symbolic. But and Ale- it, this obviously ooh, pissed Alexandra she, off. It pissed her so off because she was like, Like no, I said, like her, like yeah. she was sitting there saying, King of Kings, you're You're king anointed. because God said so. Why are you sharing it with these fucking peasants? <laughs> Which <laughs> kind of makes me feel a little like, come on, Alex, we're trying to do a nice episode about you. Quit being a bitch. Right? And then all the citizens, Abby, get pissed off, uh, annoyed at her, yeah. because she's not taking, I mean, the Tsar's not taking the Duma seriously, nobody's, like, really taking this as, and like, we're trying to change So the things. Russian people, yeah, they're worried about what's going on, because one, they've kept um, Alexei's disease very close to, you know, the vest, so everyone's like, why don't we ever see the Tsarevich? What's wrong with the Tsarevich? Also, Who, who's this crazy homeless guy running? Yeah, around? Like, like also, what? who's this Rasputin dude anyway? And then World War One starts. Russia enters World War One in 1914. And Nicholas, he's um, kind of a coward. He didn't tell his wife that they were entering World War One, which was their main foe was was Germany. So her brother and her husband were going to be fighting each other. So I read that what happened with uh, Nicholas is that he went down to their little special prayer house that they had mm-hmm. commissioned, and he went down there and he, quote-unquote, heard the voice of God say, you need to step up and be a man and be the Tsar of Russia. And he didn't tell his wife. He should have communicated yeah. with his girl. Yeah, and so she's all like... She, like, storms into his study one day when she hears about them entering World War One. is basically like, what the fuck? Like, you didn't tell me about this. What the hell? And they're going to war with Germany. So, obviously, yeah. obviously, the Russian people are like, oh, she's in with the Germans. Everyone decides that she's a <laughs> she's Russian She's a German spy. spy. She's a Russian, German, German spy. spy. Yeah. And so, Nicholas appoints himself head of the army. Why? No one asked for that. He's ne- <laughs> He has no military training. His people don't particularly have love for him, but in his brain, he's thinking, well, if I do this, everyone's going to see how much I care. Interesting note, Rasputin did prophesy that if Russia joined the war, it would be the end of the monarchy forever. Spoiler alert. Oh, maybe Rasputin <laughs> knew something about... Alex is left in charge. He leaves Alex as, um, you know, run the country while I'm gone. I don't think Alex was prepared for this responsibility or the backlash it would cause. Well, obviously, you leave a woman in charge in this time. And she relied heavily on Rasputin while he was gone. And, like, bitch had no idea what she was doing, which is so sad because we've had so many queens that we've talked about that were wonderful regents. She sucked at being a regent. She sucked at it so (laughs) bad. Like, she would appoint somebody and then the next day be like, no, 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 never mind. I meant this guy. No, 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 never mind. I meant this guy. She had no idea what she was doing. And I, I read a lot was Rasputin, like, trying to push her to fire this guy and hire this guy Maybe. and fire this guy she was and hire not, this guy. She was not She was not raised in a way to think, like, for instance, we keep comparing her to Catherine of Aragon. And Catherine of Aragon 
had been regent while Henry VIII was out of the country. But she was a good regent. And she was good because of the way she was raised. Yeah. Yes, she was not raised to be a ruler. She was raised to be the wife of a ruler. But she knew how state business was ran. But Alex was not raised that way, you know? that's what I'm saying with, like, it's Catherine of Aragon mixed with... Marie, Marie Antoinette. Antoinette. Oh, and this like, in this instance, yeah, absolutely. Like anyway, like <laughs> all of her royal family throughout Europe was like writing her letters, being like, "You got to dump this Rasputin bitch and get him the hell we out of here." We don't know this Rasputin. We don't like him. Everybody's very suspicious. You need to let him go. And she was like, uh, "New phone? Who dis?" <laughs> um, <laughs> one one nice thing. <laughs> one nice thing that she did. Which I feel like she was trying to emulate her mother was she set up her and her daughters to be nurses for um, soldiers injured during World War One. Oh, wow! And so like they would go and like care for the sick and everything, but to very mixed reviews because they weren't loved by the public. So a lot of soldiers there were soldiers who were like, "Oh my gosh, thank you so much, this is so nice," but then there were soldiers that were like pissed off. They were like, "You're 15, you're not a trained nurse, get the fuck out of here," you know, like. We don't Why want... are you here? Exactly. I'm annoyed by you. Shut exactly. Up. So World War One. If you don't know anything about World War One, um, quick summary. Fucked up Russia. It, okay. <laughs> so the moral of the story is like Russia was completely broke. Russia was the first major power to really drop out of World War One before Germany. The World War in. Germany whooped their ass. So Germany did whoop their ass, which they were not expecting. They were expecting more troops from France to come help them, but France was dealing with their own. France was trying to protect the Western Front, and they thought Russia had the Eastern Front, and Russia thought they were going to get support for the Eastern Front, and it was a whole... So Russia had to drop out, and it was just... it Bad situation. It was and a bad situation. The people, the people of Russia... They're protesting. They're yeah. looting. They're starving, so of course they're looting, you know? They're, they're ready to tear everything up. and All like... the farmers had been called to arms, so there's nobody... Producing bread. There's nobody, you know, making food. And why didn't Alex take their advice? Why didn't Alex take their advice? She should have dumped Rasputin. So that brings us to Rasputin's assassination. Around the same time um, that everything's going to shit. Oh, we forgot to mention. So there was an army that was sent out to stop all the um, looting and shit. And then the army ended up joining the side of the looters. It was mutiny. Oh, yeah. Which is exactly what her family had been like, this is what's going to happen. They basically persuaded the royal guard, I guess you would say. To join our side. They're like, like, are you hungry? And they're like, yes, we are also quite hungry. And they're like, join us in loot. And then the royal guard was like, you know what? Yeah, let's just... Cool, 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 cool. Tight, 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 tight. (laughs) And so anyway, so um, Rasputin's assassination. Nicholas's nephew decided to murder Rasputin. So, first of all, they gave him some cake that had poison in it. Let them eat cake. And it didn't affect him. At first, he, like, denied the cake, and then he ate it, and he was like, whatever. I feel like he... And he he, was like... He was fine. Like, nobody... When they realized, oh, shit, this isn't affecting him, they gave him some wine. He had three glasses of wine, which was also poisoned. Still nothing. So, then they shot him in the chest. (laughs) And he survived? Like, they shot him in the chest, and they just assumed he was dead. So they, like, left to go, like, get a driver so that they could go bury him somewhere or whatever. And when they came back upstairs, he, like, shot up and attacked them. He's got Jesus Juju written all over him, So he runs into the courtyard of their palace or whatever, 
And he's shot, like, a bunch more times, and so he finally drops dead. Yeah, it, and I, I read that they, like, threw him in a river. So they wrapped him up in a blanket and threw him in a river. And when people found him, they suspect that he tried to, like, break free of the blanket. So his official cause of death uh, is drowning. So he, wow. he survived two poisonings, maybe two shootings, and then drowned to death. Wow. Right? So, Nevertheless, um, he persisted. <laughs> We need to make t-shirts! Rasputin assassination. <laughs> Nevertheless, he persisted. <laughs> so, Alexandra was, like, distraught. Broken up. And she... So sad. She begged Nicholas to come home, and he did. He did, because he <laughs> loved her so much. We don't know much about how exactly Nicholas felt at the loss of Rasputin, but we do know that none of the assassins were punished. Well, I mean, they were, it was his nephew. Yeah. You know, and um, but Rasputin had made a prophecy that said, like, um, if I'm murdered by the aristocracy, the aristocracy will all die. Huh. And hmm, goes what happened. Let's move on. Yeah. People all over the country are just like looting for food and screaming <laughs> down with the German woman, down with the war, down with the Tsar. And they're all shook for real. Yeah, it's it's <laughs> not good. The uh, Duma came to the Tsar and demanded he abdicate, like, soon after Rasputin's death. (sighs) And so on March 1917, the Tsar Nicholas abdicated the throne, both on his behalf and the behalf of his son, Alexei. Nicholas II. Dynasty of over 300 years. Gone. Like that. Oh, the Romanovs. Uh, so um, the family was immediately put under house arrest, uh. but like in their winter palace. And they were, at first, they were treated very well. Yeah, the revolutionaries, <laughs> they, they just legitimately wanted these people off their hands. So they wrote to um, the King of England, who was both Nikki and Alex's first cousin. They wrote to him and being like, um, so they were like, can you take the Tsarina, Alex, and their children? Off our hands. They were going to keep Nicholas in their custody, but like, can you take the wife and children off our hands? And George V said no, because they were an unpopular figure, and he thought he thought if I take them, that it will start like revolution here. And I, feel I wish like, I wish uh, I could end this story with with. They so all he, went to England. <laughs> why could Why couldn't he take them? Why couldn't he take them and just hide them? <laughs> In, like, a house in Scotland or okay, something that so, no one would ever know they were there. So what I'm going to say is the reason that he couldn't is because I feel <sighs> like George V taking in the Tsar of Russia would have been, like... The Tsar's family, not the Tsar, though. Yeah, but, they wanted to- but still, he's keeping the family alive. So it would be this power move of monarchy forever. What I'm trying to get at is I feel like he could have done it in secret. He yeah. could have, like, secretly taken yeah, in Alex right. and her kids right. and put him in some cottage in Scotland and no one would ever know. Get thee to a nunnery. But he said no. But I also don't think he knew. I think you're right. You're I think right. he did not foresee. He could have gotten over. He had like, no yeah. idea what was coming next. Nobody had any idea what was coming next. And the revolutionaries were seeing the state that Alex was in, and they knew it was unlikely that... Alexi. You mean Alexi. Oh, the little boy. So the little... they. I mean, yeah, they saw... He was so sick that he couldn't be moved from palace to palace because he had hemophilia. Like, every time he, like, bumped his shoulder, you know, it was like... Yeah. 
For a while, it was just like, what do we do with them? What do we do with them? So they tried to send them to England. Wouldn't they take them. To, they tried to send them to France. Wouldn't take them. They were about to ask Alice's homeland after the war. But like after the war with Germany, it just seemed like, oh, well, let's not even ask the Germans to take them. That so, sounds like... Enter Siberia. Yeah, so they took them to Siberia. <laughs> let's, let's put you in the freezing cold. So the country was at civil war. After about um, two or three months after the abdication, the country was at civil war. And there was the red team and the white team, basically. And the reds were the Bolsheviks. Ooh. And the whites were the Czechlovaks, I think is how you say it. And they were a little bit... They were like, hey, maybe let's not imprison the royal family. Let's find somewhere else to put them. And the Bolsheviks got power, which was a very, bad very bad news <laughs> for our friends, the Romanovs. Ugh. So they were moved again, bad and this people. time it was not a palace, and they were not treated nicely. Their prisoners refer- referred to them as Nicholas the Blood Drinker and that German bitch. Wow. <sighs> that makes me sad. So once they arrive to the their final prison... It was a real prison. All of their items were confiscated. Like, their bags, their books. Their, like, they weren't allowed to even, like, get the newspaper. Like, uh, they, this, this just starts getting me So pri- prior, to them being moved, prior to them being moved, because um, mom and dad uh. and Olga were moved about six weeks before everybody else was moved because Alexi was too sick to move them. Alex told the daughters, look, in case we need to escape and we need money, sew all your jewels into your corset. So that they would be able to run out and have and money. And have. So they sewed all their jewels into the corset. They this- would be separated, obviously, for days on end, but she would still be able to get the money. And they yeah, were only... Exactly. They were actually only allowed yeah. an once hour the, each once day. Once the whole family made it over there, they had such strict rules. Like, they were only allowed an hour outside each day, like you just said. Baby and boy Alexi. Alexi was sick. Like, they moved him, and he almost died during them moving him to Siberia. He was so sick. Um, and Alexandra got sick, too, and had to be confined <clears throat> to a wheelchair. Okay, so remember that uh, leg injury mm-hmm. from childhood? That really came back to haunt her, and yeah, she, she was confined to a wheelchair. It's and so sad. I can feel that. She took to reading the Bible all day, every day. Like, even when everybody else went outside for their hour of outside activity, she would just stay inside and read the Bible. Pious. Ugh. Love it. Anyway, unknown to the imperial family, there were forces, the Bolsheviks, uh, wanting to show... No, no, no the, the whites, the, the Chokovich, yeah. or what, the Chekovich, whatever, the whites. <laughs> So, I'm sorry, guys. This is a long episode, and we're, like, on drink four. The white team was, like, marching on their prison, and they wanted to save them. So, July 16th, 1918, the white forces are moving in on the Bolsheviks. When I was studying this, I literally cried. It is the saddest thing. I know. July 16th, 1918. Day pass is normal. The family, like... Went on their outing. They stayed up playing card games until 10 o'clock. They went to bed in the middle of the night. Their captors woke them up. Bolsheviks. Whatever. The Bolshevik bitches. The bitches woke them up at like 2 o'clock in the morning. And so Nikki's like, what is this? What is this? And they're like, oh, um, the whites are moving in. And they want proof that you're still alive, so we're going to take a family portrait. So they gather to take, like, oh, family picture, selfie. Four daughters, the gravely sick son, the two parents, and a couple of servants entered a room and, like, sat down for their portrait. And the leader of the men said, 
Your relations have tried to save you and failed. You must. We must now shoot you. Oh my god! I and really I wish they would escape. I wish I was so bad. Wish I could say that they escaped this. And um, you know what? If you want to read the details of the execution, you can. They're online. Do you agree that you don't? I don't want to go into the details. Besides, like we'll give you a little bit of details, but I don't want to go into every single gruesome detail. It makes me too sad. Um, I'll, I'll try to give her a quick rundown, which is Alexandra was shot in the head immediately and died. The other right away. And the kids were not killed immediately. Because they had all their jewels in their corset. They accidentally made them... I'm sorry. They accidentally made themselves these bulletproof vests. These poor little girls that had never done anything in their life. Essentially, they had a bulletproof vest on and it didn't kill them. The shots didn't kill them. Alex and Alexi were all killed, like, immediately. But the four daughters... The four daughters... So, the gunmen... Half of the gunmen were drunk. It I took, remember this story. This is so horrible, guys. It took 35 minutes to kill everybody. They were not There were bayonets shot. involved. Yeah, there were bayonets involved. There was... It's... They were not shot. It anyway. It's not instant. I don't want to talk about it anymore. The whole family... We're getting emotional. Talk amongst us. I am. I'm feeling very verklempt. <laughs> How Rhode Island is neither a road nor an island. Discuss. Discuss. Um, but anyway, so the whole family <laughs> died, and ah, so sad. it's sadder than Marie Antoinette's ending, I think. Yeah, it is. It's like a family picture, but... Oh. So, let's talk about her legacy. In 1981, Alex and Nicholas were canonized and made martyrs. Saints in the Russian Orthodox Church. In the 90s, their remains were found because the people that killed them weren't nice to their remains, so it took a long time to find them. And there was the rumor that Anastasia and the, the it's, girls it's were fake not news. there, but it's fake 100% news. 100% fake news. They found their bones next to, well, not next to, but close by the mother and father. So, so something I find incredibly interesting. They... I feel like if they hadn't been in a royal family, they would have been a family of photographers. They love taking pictures of themselves out and about. It is so easy on the internet to find pictures of them on, like, their family outings. Yeah, no, it is. And you know what? They were a beautiful family. So you know what, Katie? Let's drink to this beautiful, beautiful family. Beautiful. Cheers, bitches. Cheers, bitches, <laughs> to Alexandra. We love you. So... Thank you for listening. Yeah. If there's something you want to hear, I mean, like, reach out to us. Find us on Twitters, Queens, like, Twitters. Did Twitters. I say Twitters? There's more than one Twitter. <laughs> Pick your Twitter to find us on. Find us on Twitter, Queens underscore podcast. <laughs> um, you can email us at queenshistorypodcast at gmail.com. And hey, while, while you're there, leave a review. On iTunes, leave us a review. Yeah. Follow us uh, on Facebook at Queen's Podcast. Bye, everybody. Love you guys. Love you. Have you ever wished that you had a direct line to your pediatrician to ask all the questions that constantly crop up while parenting? We sure have. That's why we launched the Bites of Health podcast. Every morning, we'll answer a commonly asked pediatric question in five minutes or less. You can tune in while you're making your second cup of coffee or from the school drop-off line. So be sure to tune in to Bites of Health, streaming now.